Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Welcome back to the Silver Powered Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about shame. So we talked about shame way back in episode seven and learned that there's a clear link between experiencing shame and relapsing. In this episode, you'll learn about the difference between people who are guilt prone and those who are shame prone and how that impacts their drinking. I have so many interesting studies to share about the link between shame, loss of control over drinking and developing a problem, and some studies that may explain why some of us are prone to feeling shame instead of guilt. So let's dig in. Thank you. 
Women and teens are more likely to feel shame than men, and people with lower self-esteem are also more prone to shame. There's a clear link between being shame-prone and struggling with mental health conditions like depression, anxiety, and addiction. So I'm wondering, what makes us shame-prone? Each episode of this podcast is inspired by a wondering that I have. Usually, like how does this increase the risk of having a problem with alcohol? Why are some people more likely to feel guilt than shame? Why do some of us drink and feel like we've done something wrong, and others can drink a hundred drinks and move on with their lives? It's the act of not being able to move on after drinking that's a main part of the problem. We drink and it becomes like a whole thing. We feel badly about ourselves, beat ourselves up for how much we had, shame ourselves for never being able to moderate or control our drinking and then have increased anxiety and depression. And then we start the cycle all over again, thinking about ways to do better next time and control our drinking, and then we don't and repeat. So why can my husband have a drink and move on with his life, but I never could? I call it the drink, hate yourself drink cycle, where I'd drink and feel great for maybe two or three hours, and then I'd feel ashamed and hate myself for the next 21 or 22 hours before I drank again and got rid of the shame. A 2005 study published in Addictive Behaviors concluded that shame may have a reciprocal relationship with alcohol use that causes a spiral effect, where shame leads to drinking more, and then drinking more also leads to more shame. That's literally the drink-hate-yourself-drink cycle. Guilt is a pro-social emotion that is caused by a fear of losing meaningful relationships or a fear of losing something important. It's supposed to be a motivator for us to confess, apologize, and fix the damage that we've done. We talked in last week's episode about how helping others is also pro-social behavior. So people who are prone to guilt are more generous and collaborative, and guilt has been found to be inversely linked to alcohol problems. So guilt, even though it feels bad, is an emotion that we need because we are social creatures who depend upon each other for survival and happiness. Guilt motivates us to fix problems with each other and to not behave in ways that may alienate us from the group. People who are prone to shame are more likely to respond with anger and avoidance, making the problem even worse. Shame has been found to be highly predictive of poor psychological adjustment, powerlessness, and self-consciousness. Psychological adjustment refers to how adaptive you are. Someone who is well-adjusted would have respect for themselves, understand their strengths and weaknesses, set realistic goals, and be able to handle negative life events. These characteristics and the word powerlessness tells me that shame leads us to live in victim mentality where we feel defeated and that nothing will ever get better for us. Studies have shown that impaired control happens early in the development of alcohol dependence and is when we can't control how much we drink after we've started. Impaired control is also linked to greater impulsivity, specifically with negative urgency, which is a type of impulsive behavior we talked about in episode 54 when we talked about escapism. Negative urgency means acting impulsively in response to negative emotions and is linked to depression and alcohol addiction. The thought is that negative emotions reduce our ability to control our behavior, and for some of us, negative emotions feel really big and overwhelming because we don't understand them and we don't know what to do with them. 
the bigger the emotion, the more urgency you're going to feel about getting rid of it and the less able you will be to control your behavior. This is why emotional sobriety, which we covered in episode 35, is key to staying sober. We need to learn to manage our emotions or they're going to keep managing us. A 2003 study found that shame is associated with a lower ability to self-regulate, while guilt is associated with a better ability to self-regulate. This study also found that higher levels of guilt were related to a higher need to think through alternative solutions before making a decision. So the more guilt-prone you are, the more you consider other options before acting. A 2018 study published in Personality and Individual Differences looked at shame, negative urgency, and impaired control. They found that shame was significantly related to both increased drinking and more problems from drinking, and that this was mediated by negative urgency and impaired control. The researchers concluded that when shame-prone people feel a negative feeling, they lose control of their drinking through negative urgency and acting rashly. They also found that guilt-prone people don't use alcohol to relieve negative emotions, and they concluded that guilt may be protective of developing a problem with alcohol because guilt-prone people do not experience negative urgency or impaired control. They suggest that this relationship may exist because of the link between guilt and greater behavioral control. So while guilt-prone people still experience negative feelings, they don't experience negative urgency because they have greater cognitive control and are less likely to act impulsively. So your first reaction may be like, geez, I don't have good cognitive control? I mean, I guess we don't. We didn't decide to blow up our lives with alcohol for years, but that's what happened because we couldn't deal with anything. You don't drink a thousand drinks despite having greater cognitive control. It is what it is. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself. It just, it is what it is. We can learn though to be less impulsive, less easily offended, and think through our actions before doing something. Being shame prone versus guilt prone may just be who we are. And although we may be able to work on it, I don't think it's something that we can completely change. But you can work on self-awareness and thinking through your actions. So you can always improve your situation, even if you can't change things 100%. You can always improve it. So what I want to know is why are some people prone to shame and others are prone to guilt? Why did I get stuck with all the shame? A 2015 study published in Cognition and Emotion looked at facial recognition ability, which is something that I talked about in episode 60. Empathy and the ability to accurately understand how someone is feeling based on their facial expression are what problem drinkers struggle with the most. And this is one of the slowest, if not the slowest, skill to recover when we quit drinking. This study found that people who were guilt-prone did generally well at recognizing facial expressions, but people who were shame-prone were not as good at recognizing facial expressions, especially happy ones. 
Other studies have found that people who are shame prone also struggle with empathy. And I think this is interesting because if you can recognize other people's expressions better, then it's easier for you to understand that people aren't mad at you or think you're a loser. So then it's easier to recognize that whatever you did doesn't mean you're a bad person. So therefore you feel guilty instead of ashamed. So for people who struggle with shame, they especially struggle to detect happy emotions. And I like this because as a shame-prone person, I constantly think people are mad at me, think I'm stupid or a loser, and that I've done something wrong. So maybe this is partly because I struggle to accurately identify positive emotions or contentness in their expressions. Shame is also linked to anger. Shame-prone people experience more anger than guilt-prone people, and they manage their anger in maladaptive ways, like with drinking. So it seems like it's our attempt to get rid of shame that's really causing the problems for us. Shame makes us feel like we're a loser or a bad person, and no one wants to feel that way about themselves. So we avoid, lash out, drink, emotionally eat, self-harm, or do other self-destructive things to attempt to manage the shame. So I want to tell you about my very first drink. I'm a shame-prone person, and I believe that my very first drink was telling of my future, and I should have just taken a hint, but I didn't. So I had my first drink when I was 18, and I was on a cruise with my parents to Bermuda. So the legal drinking age in international waters and in Bermuda is 18. So I had legal permission to have a drink, Plus, I asked my parents if it was okay, and they said it was. So I bought my own drink. I had everybody's permission. It was totally fine. I got a glass of wine, and halfway through the glass, I started to feel like a little flutter in my head. And I was instantly hit with a thousand pounds of shame. I thought that I had done something wrong. I didn't understand that alcohol changes your mental state. I thought that you just had some drinks and nothing happened. It was just like a tasty adult drink. But then if you got drunk, that meant that you were a bad person. I really bought into the stigma. So because I had a little bit of a flutter, I thought that must mean I am a bad person, a loser, and I did something wrong. So I felt ashamed about drinking before I even really drank anything. So I just think that's a really interesting experience, and whenever I think about shame, I always think about my very first drink. And I should have just taken the hint, but I didn't, and I didn't take the next 200 hints after that, <laughs> but eventually I got the point. So my question is, why are some people shame-prone and other people are guilt-prone? So it seems like there are a few reasons for this. It could be a learned behavior or part of your conditioning from when you were a kid. So if you had a parent who was always shaming themselves, then it's easy for you to pick that behavior up without realizing it. So an example would be like if your mom was always talking about going on diets and picking apart her body to you, it's really easy to pick that behavior up and just pick up those shameful beliefs. So food and body shame can be really easily transferred over to other shame. 
So there's a big link between struggling with an eating disorder and then moving into alcohol later in life. I talked about this in more detail in episode 19, but studies have found that about a quarter of women in treatment for alcohol use disorder also had an eating disorder. And that people who engaged in disordered eating behaviors like purging, using laxatives, or taking diet pills were much more likely to binge drink. Recent studies on shame and alcohol have found that people who are shame prone generally have emotion regulation difficulties. A 2019 study published in the Journal of Substance Use and Misuse found that guilt about drinking was related to taking action and addressing the problem and was not related to negative feelings. However, they found that shame after drinking was related to negative emotions and avoidance coping strategies and did not result in the individuals taking action on their problematic drinking. Shame keeps us stuck in the cycle, and guilt doesn't. So here's a really powerful quote from the study. Both alcohol use-related shame and guilt appear to be positively associated with the contemplation of changing one's alcohol use-related behaviors. Only alcohol use-related guilt was clearly linked to taking action to address problematic drinking behavior. So I think it's interesting that people who struggle with shame generally struggle with dealing with emotions. I wonder then if that means if we learn to manage our emotions better, that the shame will improve too. And emotion regulation difficulties come down to a few things too. Like you are never taught to deal with emotions in healthy ways as a kid, you've experienced trauma, or you struggle with mental health conditions. I have a free ebook that I'll link in the show notes about the first step to learning emotional sobriety, and I have a lot of emotional sobriety resources besides that ebook. I think learning to manage our emotions is key, and that's why I talk about it all the time. It's something I was never taught to do, so I'm just trying to learn these skills now in my 30s. And the first step is self-awareness and working on understanding how you feel and why you feel that way. I talk a lot about my anger, and anger is a secondary emotion, which I covered all about the physical and mental effects of anger in episode 40, but anger is pain's bodyguard. When I feel angry now, I try to ask myself, who hurt you? Why did that set you off? When I can identify what happened, it helps me learn about myself. And I don't know if learning to manage our emotions is the key to reducing shame, but it's definitely worth a try. I hope that helped. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could share it with someone and I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how 
excuse for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.